but for everything else, I really put it together on my own. And so it's been that way, I would say, for the last maybe five years or so. And kind of like you said, over time, you find your group. Every year has looked different from us, really. Yeah. yeah. That's the reality. We have, it's, it's an evolving thing. I like to call it, I blog about homeschooling, and I like to call it our homeschool journey because literally it has been that. That might sound kind of cheesy or whatever, but it's true. It's literally a journey. Because you learn something, like when, when I first stumbled upon Charlotte Mason's, uh, I guess, teachings or her philosophy, I was really attracted to it. Because at the time, my oldest was first grade, and my middle daughter, I think, was preschool. Mm-hmm. And then my son was like two. So I was like overwhelmed. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this feels doable. This takes some of the pressure off. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life Podcast, where we believe that life is a schoolhouse. Totally. We're super dorks with a passion for sharing our love of homeschooling, homesteading, natural health care, plant medicines, natural childbirth, healthy eating, meditation, creative endeavors, overall self-sufficiency for the whole family. Oh, and don't forget self-development and spirituality. Oh, of course. Key players. We hope you'll be inspired to do things you haven't, try things that could make your life better. And mostly, we want to encourage you to never stop learning and let your life be a schoolhouse, too. Hey everybody, it's Lacey again. I am super excited to have you here today. We are going to be talking to Courtney Dunlap. She was one of our experts in our recent homeschool summit. You can still take advantage of that summit and all the wisdom that we shared there. had so much great feedback. People have just gained so much confidence and feeling way more capable of doing the thing that they want to do with their homeschool through participating in that summit. Courtney is an author and a homeschool mom, and I'm really excited to just get to know her a little bit better. And and I'm sure that this episode will be full of some really good wisdom that you can apply to your homeschool or just your parenting or really just to life. We just love learning on life. And I know that Courtney does too. And I think it's going to be a really fun conversation. So Courtney, I would love for you to start at the beginning sort of. So, you know, we, I know you cause you homeschool and that's how we kind of stumbled upon your work. What kind of brought you there? So really start at the beginning. What was your education experience? Oh, as far as when I was my upbringing? Yes. So I am a product of the public school system in New Jersey, elementary school, and then high school. Middle school, my parents, they put us into the church's uh, private school that we were attending at the time. Just When I say they, I should say my sister and myself. But that was just for me. It was just about three. It was very short, like three years. And so all everything else was our public school system experience. And actually, it was a really good experience. I really enjoyed school. I had great teachers. I grew up in like in a black suburb. So majority of my teachers look like me and I just didn't really think anything different. You know, like majority of the kids, you know, they came from stable two parent families and you may have some families who weren't that makeup, but majority of the kids I grew up with, you know, they knew their parents, they're in the home. So my mom, she actually is a public school teacher as well. She was in a different district. So I had the benefit, I should say, of over the summer break. She would definitely keep my sister, my brother, myself busy with additional work and projects. And my mom, it's so funny. She and I are very similar now that I'm a mom and I homeschool. She always was taking us to, you know, a local, the Lenny Lenape um, tribe was in our area. So they would have yearly events. So my parents, every year we would go to that event, like a cultural experience. Wow. And as a kid, I just thought it was cool. I didn't think yeah. anything 
of it. I'm like, that was just normative. You know, if there was a science fair going on somewhere, you know, we were loading in the car, we were going. So my mom was doing experiences like that throughout our childhood. It was very normal for me. I didn't think anything of it. So once my husband and I got married, uh, we've been married 13 years and we actually have four children. When my oldest was starting out school age, the big question everybody was asking is, what are you going to do about school? At that time, we were living in Philadelphia and we just were not comfortable with putting her into the school system. Um, I always say this whenever I talk about this experience in our lives that we have tons of friends who teach in the Philly school district and they're amazing. And, you know, I, my hat that was off to them, but we just weren't comfortable with the system itself. So we had to start kind of exploring our options. My husband actually was the one who had the idea about homeschooling. And I was like, uh, no. (laughs) I got my degree in undergrad in psychology. And then I went on to get a master's in Christian counseling. So at the time I was practicing in my field, I was doing individual and family therapy in people's homes and I was expecting our third child at the time when our daughter was becoming school age. Mm-hmm. So the big question like I said was what are we gonna do? We ended up stumbling upon a how to homeschool workshop that the local library was putting on. I don't even know how we found it. And we went, he and I, we brought our four-year-old daughter with us and our other daughter at the time she was two and we sat through it. And prior to it, I was very skeptical. Mm-hmm. The homeschool families that I had brief encounters with when I was a kid, they were different. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's not for me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I, and I didn't know anyone who looked like me who was a homeschooler either. Right. So it just wasn't normative for my circle of people. Oh, I should say, no, I did have one good friend at the time who was homeschooling. I will say that. But yeah. So we went through the workshop and I was blown away. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, you know, I really felt like it was something we could do. You know, the presenters, they were very clear. They were was presenting the ways in which you can go about homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they presented statistics, even for like testing averages between you know public school private school charter and homeschoolers wow and hands down the homeschoolers were like blown off the chart you know they were just on their own category of themselves so my husband and I were like all right let's try it so and I actually you know what now that I'm thinking about it I knew two homeschoolers my one of my cousins who I wasn't super close with at the time because she's a lot older than me she was homeschooling her daughter and we hadn't really ever connected in that way just because we didn't grow up together In that age range, you know, she's probably 15 years older than me. Mm -hmm. So, but she and I had a daughter around the same age. Her daughter was about a year or two older. So I remember reaching out to her, like, can I please come over? I don't know what I'm doing. I want to homeschool. So that was the first real time she and I started kind of building a relationship in that way because we had the commonality. And she really put my fears at ease. And she was like, you know what? For these early grades, you just need to focus on phonics sounds. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. over time right. you can build more subjects because yeah. me I'm like oh my gosh we gotta buy a curriculum <laughs> you know and I'm yeah. I'm being crazy I was scouring the internet at the time I'm looking all these blogs up and Google yeah. and you know it was it was crazy and I was really feeling overwhelmed I remember crying to my husband oh my gosh our kids are gonna be illiterate and it's gonna be all my fault like literally real tears. He will confirm this story many times. Uh, and my cousin helped to put me at ease. Yeah. So that was our introduction to homeschooling. 
And now, just now this week, we started year eight. Wow. That's great. Isn't it funny how it flies by, you know, like, yeah, it's just insane. Because I remember those early days for us too, when my child was like three or four and I'm like, what are we going to do? Are we going to start the you know, signing up for kindergarten. And then, you know, from where, where do you go from there? If you're going to choose a homeschool, you do feel like, well, then I need to have a really good curriculum because I need to mm-hmm. be keeping in line with what they're doing in, in the school system. But yeah, I mean, you kind of eventually <laughs> you sort of just you're like not worried about it anymore. Right. After the first couple of years. Yeah. Worried about different things maybe. Yeah. So tell me then, okay, you, you were looking at all the sort of different options out there what would you call yourself in terms of like methodology with your homeschool? Where do you fall now? What does it look like for you? Loosey goosey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm playing. I mean, on some level, it is a bit loosey goosey. We, we do a Charlotte Mason-esque okay. approach. Mm-hmm. We are not like strict Charlotte Masoners just because maybe I'm a little too lazy. <laughs> you know, in terms of Charlotte Mason, we do a ton of reading. Like we just have books upon books upon books. Whenever we approach the subject, there's going to be books involved. Mm-hmm. We do narration and we try to keep our lessons short. That's really the gist of what we do in terms of Charlotte Mason. When it comes to some of the more foundational subjects like math, phonics, reading, I purchase a curriculum because I just don't trust myself. <laughs> but for everything else, I really put it together on my own. And so it's been that way, I would say, for the last maybe five years or so. And kind of like you said, over time, you find your group. Every year has looked different from us, really. Yeah. yeah. That's the reality. We have, it's, it's an evolving thing. I like to call it, I blog about it, homeschooling, and I like to call it our homeschool journey because literally it has been that. That might sound kind of cheesy or whatever, but it's true. It's literally a journey. Because you learn something, like when, when I first stumbled upon Charlotte Mason's, uh, I guess, teachings or her philosophy, mm-hmm. I was really attracted to it. Because at the time, my oldest was first grade, and my middle daughter, I think, was preschool, mm-hmm. and then my son was like two. So I was like overwhelmed, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this feels doable. This takes some of the pressure off. So, but yeah, and I was more, and I was definitely stricter or more strict at that time. But again, over time, things have happened. You know, I eventually, you know, was pregnant with our fourth child and that year was very interesting. I was just like survival mode. Yeah. Like, let's figure this out. And my oldest, she did basically almost everything online. We used easy peasy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. so interesting because we're the same. Our kids read a ton. We use uh, our foundation kind of curriculum is the is a Charlotte Mason based one. So it's just tons and tons of books that they're reading all the time. And I, I look back at my educational experience and I I'm saying this to put people at ease who are like reading more. Really, I can't even get my kids to read what they're supposed to already. You know, I can't imagine adding more books in. But when I was in, el- in elementary and onward, I didn't want to read what somebody was telling me to read. I guess there was something about the books that we read that were, I don't know, I just didn't, I wasn't drawn to reading when I was a kid. But now I, I raised kids who love to read. And I think it's because they're not bogged down by all of the other kind of rote work that they have to do. And, you know, I think a lot of it in, in those early grades, especially in public school, we're asking kids to read when they're already exhausted. And it's like reading when you're exhausted just makes you fall asleep, right? You're just like, I can't do this. It's, it's not coming. You're not actually retaining it. And when you read when you're alert and awake and that's your schoolwork, it's a different experience. So I wonder if yeah. you feel that way too, because when we talk about all this reading, I'm like, 
this would not have appealed to me when I was first starting as a homeschooler. I would have been like, that sounds like a nightmare. But yeah, I agree with you. And the reality is thinking through what you're reading. I probably, yeah, maybe since year two, maybe even year one, I don't know. I've always had a precedent of as I'm planning for the new year, I always ask my kids, what do you want to learn this year? Mm-hmm. And I'm always sure to incorporate that. You know, of course, we're going to do the things that are like must. Like, okay, you need to learn how to read. You need to learn how to count. Like, those things right. are non-negotiable for me. But outside of that, when it comes to, you know, the other subjects, like, okay, for, you know, for studying history or science, I want to hear from them. What are you interested in learning about? And yeah. so that those are the books we'll fill up on mm-hmm. and we'll just kind of dive deep. And, and, and also we always do like in the morning in our morning time, it's kind of like a circle time in a way, I guess we do our devotion and then we have a constant family novel that we're reading. That's exciting, you know, cause we're, you know, there's times where my kids, I'll have them act it out or I might even act it out. <laughs> so it's fun. It's like really fun. You know, as my two oldest have um, grown in their reading abilities, they really actually sometimes want to read instead of me reading for yeah. the family novel. And so right. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's really good practice. Yeah, the same for my, my kids as well. They enjoy to read in front of people. So what can you share any of those novels? What are some of your favorites that you've read aloud as a family? Definitely hands down. Two years ago, we did the Middle Ages for the school year. Mm-hmm. And I usually, you know, with we, we studied history in cycles, so we'll focus in on a time period for that year. I guess that's also Charlotte Mason, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I really try to figure out and pull out ways to incorporate that time period in the science that we're doing, the history that we're doing. You know, sometimes even if it overlaps with the Bible, the art we're doing, the writing, whatever. So when we did the Middle Ages, we actually read the original Robin Hood. And I can still remember, like, the first, because it was, you know, with the old English. Yes. So the first couple of pages, it was tough. And I was like, ugh, I really don't want to read this. Yes. And my kids, you know, two years ago, they were, my oldest was nine, then seven, and then five. So, like, trying to read old English to a five-year-old, you know. And I realized, and I know that, for instance, with Charlotte Mason, Mm -hmm. her approach is read it and don't interject anything, but I just knew I couldn't do that. Like in the sense of allow the child to narrate back, like you don't need to really explain explain to them. Right. Right. But I knew with the old English, (laughs) it was flying over their heads. So we would take it almost sometimes paragraph by paragraph where I would read it. Mm -hmm. Then I would explain it to them in their own terms. So I remember when we first started it, we were all kind of like, oh, and so I asked them, I was like, do you guys want to keep going? And they're like, yeah. Oh, my mind. I'm like, no. (laughs) So, but that was by far the best experience. That book took us probably almost through the entire school year because it's so thick. And we didn't read it every day. And probably by the middle of the school year, the kids were starting to tell me what the old English meant because they had kind of picked up a year for it. They were understanding it. And we were acting out the scenes. Like they were, I remember one time, they were pretending to be little John and my big girls have bathrobes. So they stuffed the pillow in their stomach and uh, put their bathrobe over it. And they were like pretending to have a sore fight as though they were little John. It was hilarious. So yeah, that by far was like our most favorite reading, even though it started out really rocky. (laughs) 
That is such a like beautiful, like just description of how homeschool plays out because, you know, I think leaving space for things to go on as, you know, like in an unplanned way, it's just, you know, you gave your kids this opportunity to learn how to get what they could get out of the situation. And that's, I mean, that is something that you can't really teach in public school because you have to move on to the next thing. You don't have time to like spread it out. You just, you're not getting it fine. We're going to move on to the next thing. Right. And it just, you breeze through and, and I, there's just so much freedom and what you just described. It was so beautiful. And like a whole homeschool curriculum could have been your Robin hood and all the things you did around that. So I love that. That's beautiful. Okay. So kind of Charlotte Masony a little bit on the loose side, but that's good. I love that. I think that, that that's really kind of the, the thing that we hope to do with the summit even was just to inspire people to know that you can do it any different way. And here's something that this person, you know, their ideology kind of clings to and this person's ideology and what's your ideology. And, and I feel like that you really, you really found yours and it's working really well. So is there a resource that you would recommend to people that you kind of turn to on the regular? I know you mentioned already that you, you used easy peasy for a little while. Is there something else like that, that whether it's a book or a person or anything like that, that you just call to when you need a little extra support? Oh my. <laughs> so my memory is not great, Lacey. That's something that I should have told you. <laughs> the funny thing is I, the one of the books that I utilized, I just pulled it out of my bag before I came down to do this interview with you. And it's a very short book. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm not going to be helpful for that one. Oh, I can suggest Home Learning Year by Year. Okay. That book basically, so when people are just starting out for, you know, to do homeschooling, I often get the question of, oh, my gosh, what curriculum? What curriculum? That's always a big conversation. This book it's probably about this thick and it takes you from preschool to 12th grade and it wow. talks about everything that you know your your child quote unquote needs to learn mm -hmm. through those years and then it gives tons of descriptions of different type of curriculum that you can purchase and where you can purchase it the book's a little outdated but i still will from time to time grab it and look it up look up something if i'm interested you know because not all curriculum as you know is created equally so there's times, you know, like if you believe that children learn best by being parent-led with parent instruction where, you know, just give me the lesson plan, I'm going to read it, follow right. it, do the prompt, my kids are going to circle the answers, you know, that's cool. There's curriculum that is designed for that. Mm -hmm. However, if you feel children are more interest-led or things like that, like there's, or more hands-on, you know, there's curriculum that's designed for that. So. Mm -hmm. This book is helpful because it can help you kind of put those things into category because the first thing I usually tell people just starting out is don't buy curriculum. <laughs> right. You need to figure out how you believe children best learn. Yeah. Then you need to build your curriculum around that. So yeah, so home learning year by year, I'm going to, I don't want to lie to you and try to make up the author's name. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> but fine. That that's, is, sure. that's a good one that I do like to use. Yeah, that's really helpful. I love that. Okay, so I think I would love just a couple of words of advice from you on how to help homeschoolers, new homeschoolers, or maybe even people who are just dealing with virtual school that's like a different, it's totally different than regular public school, right? What words of support or wisdom would you offer them about their, their journey in that and, and, you know, whatever comes to mind, really? Honestly, I would really encourage you, whether you're a homeschooler or if you're thinking about homeschooling or exploring it or now with, you know, doing virtual classes where the teachers are doing instruction, I just encourage people to think about surrounding themselves with 
cheerleaders mm. because homeschooling starting year eight, but I still have had days where I'm just like, why am I doing this? <laughs> and if you have family or friends who don't understand your why, those are the worst people to turn to in those low moments because they're going to be like almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, yeah, why are you doing that? There's an easier thing. Just put them. And it's like, once you get out of the fog, you're like, oh no, I really do want to homeschool them. I'm just having a low moment. Right. Don't hear my venting as saying, I don't want to homeschool or I'm making a mistake. So you need people around you who are going to be the cheerleaders to remind you of your why and remind you like, all right, this is a bad day. Shake it off. But it's just that it's just a day. There's still tomorrow. There's been days where we literally, it might have been 10, 1030 in the morning. And it just, it wasn't looking good. And I said, you know what, guys? Let's close our books. Yeah. For the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> we have tomorrow. <laughs> and there's some, you know, of course, we don't do that every day. Yeah. But yeah, there's just some of those days where, you know, for whatever reason, your kid keeps crying about math and you're like, I cannot take it anymore. Do not cry anymore over this math. <laughs> I've gotten to the point where my kids would cry. I'd say, you're free to cry, but you need to go to your room to do that. So please go to your room and shut your door when you're finished crying. Mm -hmm. You can rejoin us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think give it, you can have all the space that you need to to feel the feelings, but I mean, usually it's just frustration and they just need to take a deep breath. So, but yeah, that's such good. I th and I thought that too, when you were talking about, you know, you sort of your first step was call your cousin who homeschools and um, connect with your one friend. And, and that is so true. Finding that support is so huge. And I think a lot of times we think of homeschool as like these people who are off isolated in their homes by themselves all the time. And that couldn't be further from the truth. We are so well connected and, and reliant on one another that, I mean, I can't imagine doing this solo it would be nearly impossible. So very, very, yeah. very good advice. All right, Courtney. Well, thank you so much. People, you can connect with Courtney in a lot of different ways. She has um, a website and she's on Instagram. Courtney, tell us what those links are. And we will share those along with our, with our, on YouTube and whatnot as well. But please go ahead and share. Sure. So the website is specifically related to my book, The Rumble Hunters. I have a copy if it's okay to show yeah, it. Show it. <laughs> um, my first book, um, I hope you can see, The yeah. Rumble Hunters. It launched um, in February this year. And it's a story about a young boy who is awakened by a mysterious rumble. And so he goes on a hunt to find the sound. So along the way, he takes his, his dog, he takes his fish, his lizard. Everyone has to come. He needs help. He takes his older brother, the baby sister. And so it's just uh, adventurous, full of imagination type of hunt that he goes upon. So that can be purchased. And I'm, I can autograph it at my website, www.courtneybdunlap.com. And then Instagram, you can follow me at Courtney underscore B underscore Dunlap. <laughs> I knew there was another underscore Courtney underscore B underscore Dunlap. That's yeah. my Instagram handle. So you can follow me there. Yay. So do that. Follow her. I think part of um, building that support and feeling supported is having people that are just in your feed regularly who are supporting you and sharing good information and helpful resources. And she does that. So definitely check her out and, um, and stay connected. Courtney, thank you so much for being on the call with us. I appreciate you so much for joining us in the summit as well. And, and yeah, just have a great day. Keep in touch. Thanks.